Hi there, it's Matt here and welcome back to the next installment, in fact, in this series on sleep, learning and memory. Now, as you'll remember, in the last episode, we learned that you need sleep before learning in order to prepare your brain for the initial act of making new memories, for the initial act of learning effectively. But what we've also discovered is that you need sleep after learning, but now to essentially hit the save button on those new memories, fixating those new memories and cementing them into the neural architecture of the brain. In other words, it's sleep after learning that will future-proof new information within your brain and prevent you from forgetting. And by the way, I should note, we did not make this discovery, certainly not at my sleep center, far, far from it. That discovery happened all the way back in 1924 when two German researchers, John Jenkins and Carl Dallenbach, they pitted sleep and wake against each other to see which one would win out in terms of a memory savings benefit. So it's essentially the researcher's version of a Coke-Pepsi challenge, but here it was wake versus sleep. And here's what happened. The participants first learned a list of nonsense words. So words that would actually be quite difficult to pronounce, and as a result, they're actually quite hard to learn and remember. Thereafter, the researchers then tracked how quickly those participants forgot those memories across an eight-hour time interval. The only difference, however, was that that eight-hour interval was spent either awake across the day or asleep across the night. Now, across the day, the news was not great. There was marked forgetting across the day, and I mean catastrophic forgetting. The individuals, in fact, forgot most, if not all, of that novel information that they'd learned eight hours earlier. And what this suggested to us is that time spent awake could, not always, but could be hazardous to those new memories in the sense of an accelerated trajectory of forgetting. However, if that time was spent asleep rather than awake, the result was very different. After even just two hours of sleep, there was a fixating memory benefit. So those newly learned memories were now saved and protected. There was no more catastrophic forgetting going on. They didn't fade away once sleep had fixated them in place. And I almost like to think of this, you know, there's that scene in Jurassic Park. It's almost as though sleep is fixing those memories like a fly in amber. It's just trapping them and holding on to them. That was all the way back in 1924, but we and others over the decades, we've now repeated those experiments and very similar experiments. And time and time again, you get exactly the same result. Sleep provides a memory savings retention benefit. And that benefit when it comes to textbook-like or fact-based memory is somewhere between 20 to 40% relative to the equivalent amount of time spent awake. 
And when you think about it, it's not trivial when you put it in context. For example, if you put it in the context of an exam, I think many people would take a 20 to 40% advantage in terms of their score. But more importantly, think about it from an evolutionary perspective. If you are far better able to remember, for example, survival-relevant information, such as the sources of where you found food or water or where you came across predators that you survived, you could see how sleep would be strongly favored and selected for during the course of evolution rather than selected against. This podcast is supported by Athletic Greens. Now, Athletic Greens is a comprehensive nutritional drink and it contains countless different health components. Let me stop there. I say countless. I actually know the company pretty well and I know how the product is made. And I believe at last count, it's over 75 different vitamins and minerals and probiotics, prebiotics, and other whole food source nutrients. And you consume it every day. And I do drink Athletic Greens. And for the record, I buy my own supply because of all of the obvious sort of integrity trappings that come with free product. And I just don't want to get into that. So as I said, I know the company really quite well, including their stellar CEO, and I trust their creation and their manufacturing procedures. They've got all of the correct stamps, things like TGA and GMP stamps. Basically, they're rigorous. So anyway, if you are mindful of your health, then you may want to check them out at the link, which is athleticgreens.com forward slash Matt Walker. And if you use that link, you'll get some money off your first order and also some free travel packs. So that's athleticgreens.com forward slash Matt Walker. Now, as you recall from our first episode, sleep is made up of many different stages. And you'll also remember from the first episode that we get most of our deep sleep early in the night and we get most of our REM sleep in the second half of the night. And in a different form of a Coke-Pepsi scientific challenge, we and other scientists have then pitted non-REM sleep against REM sleep to see which one is more effective at hitting the save button on those fact-based textbook-like memories. And the results are very clear. When it comes to those fact-based memories, it is deep non-REM sleep, dreamless sleep, rather than REM sleep, which is dreaming sleep, that correlates with a superior memory retention benefit the next day. It's that deep sleep that predicts a better retention. The more deep sleep, the more that you remember, the less that you forget. But those studies were, to begin with, just correlational in nature. They don't prove causality. But they did, however, lead to a very clear next step experiment, which we have since managed to conduct, which is the following. If you were to find a way to causally enhance the amount of deep non-REM sleep that an individual gets, then you should be able to causally enhance the amount of memory that they retain the next day. That then begs the next question, how on earth do you boost the amount of deep non-REM sleep electrical brainwave activity. Well, perhaps your favorite method, and certainly mine, 
is something called direct current brain stimulation. I know it sounds like the stuff of science fiction. It's actually science fact. So we'll bring you into my sleep center and we will apply electrode pads to either side of your head. And then we'll insert a small amount of voltage into the brain, so small that you typically don't feel it, but it has a measurable impact on brainwave activity. And if you apply this electrical brainwave stimulation during deep non-REM sleep, as if you're almost singing in time with those deep electrical brainwaves, not only can you boost the size of those deep sleep brainwaves, but in doing so, you can almost double the amount of memory savings benefit that you get from sleep. In other words, deep sleep was causally involved in the saving of individual facts within the brain. It was causally preventing you from forgetting. It's not just important that we understand what stage it is that is mechanistically transacting these memory benefits, but there are real pragmatic and clinical implications here. And let me just tell you about one area that we've been moving this work out into clinically, which is the context of aging and dementia. It's, of course, no secret that as we get older, our learning and memory abilities begin to fade. They begin to decline. But what we've also discovered is that a physiological signature of aging is that your sleep gets worse, especially the amount of deep non-REM quality sleep that we've been discussing. And only recently, we and others have finally published evidence that these two things of memory decline and deep sleep decline are not simply co-occurring. They are significantly interrelated. And it suggests that the disruption of deep non-REM sleep is an underappreciated factor that is contributing to cognitive decline or memory decline in aging. And most recently, we've discovered in Alzheimer's disease as well. Now, I know this may all sound remarkably depressing news. Uh, it's in the mail. It's coming at all of us in later life. But there is a potential silver lining here. Unlike many of the other factors that we know are associated with aging, for example, changes in the physical structure of the brain or changes even in the blood flow dynamics of the brain, those are fiendishly difficult to treat and medicine doesn't have any good wholesale approaches right now. But that sleep is a missing piece in the explanatory puzzle of aging and Alzheimer's disease is exciting because we may be able to do something about it. And one way that we are approaching this at my sleep center, and other researchers are too, is not by using sleeping pills, by the way. We will discuss those in a later episode regarding whether or not they actually produce naturalistic sleep. But instead, we've been using that same method of direct current brain stimulation, one that helps boost the amount of deep sleep and had previously been demonstrated to boost memory in young adults. The question now that we've been exploring is whether we can translate the same affordable, potentially portable piece of technology into older adults and those with dementia. Can we restore back some healthy quality of deep sleep 
And in doing so, can we salvage aspects of their learning and memory function? And the tentative answer so far in a small number of studies that we've conducted and other wonderful folks, um, Westerberg, Leidenbauer, they've done some wonderful work in this area too, actually suggests the answer could be yes. Because if we apply this electrical brain stimulation method during sleep, in older adults, almost as there were using brain stimulation like a supportive choir to a flagging lead vocalist, we can indeed amplify the amount of deep non-REM sleep brainwave activity, as well as that sleep spindle activity in healthy older adults without dementia. And following this stimulation, not only, as I said, can we boost and bootstrap that deep sleep in these healthy older adults, it also led to those older adults being able to save and retain significantly more information within their brain. A sponsor of today's show is Inside Tracker, which is a service that will come to your home and they will analyze your blood and your DNA to know precisely what's happening inside of you. <laughs> Hence the name Inside Tracker. And they analyze your blood and your metabolic and your hormonal health metrics. And then they suggest lifestyle changes to improve your health. And since folks have asked on social media, I actually run a screening panel once every three months, so once a quarter. Um, I, even use, I even use my own link, insidetracker.com forward slash Matt Walker. They have extended their Black Friday, Cyber Monday deal for listeners of the podcast for the first few weeks of December. So if you use the link, insidetracker.com forward slash Matt Walker, you'll get $200 off the ultimate plan and 34% off anything else uh, in the store. And, and yes, I think I'm probably going to use that myself. So again, that's insidetracker.com forward slash Matt Walker. And there's even a first very small clinical study led by Leidenbauer and uh, colleagues reporting the same sleep boosting benefit in patients in the early stages of dementia. These are patients who suffer from mild cognitive impairment or MCI. And what we've discovered is that for some, not all of the memory tests, but some of those memory tests, once you supercharge their deep sleep, it is also associated with significantly better memory retention as a consequence. I really want to just pause for a second. I want to be especially sensitive here. Many of you listening will, like my own family in fact, have someone who is affected with dementia, including Alzheimer's disease. And I don't want to give any sense of false or premature hope here. I would say that the results are encouraging but many more clinical trials with large numbers of patients are needed. It's going to take some years before we can even start to entertain that most precious and also potentially dangerous of all things that we call hope in this regard. So with that, I will go back over what we've learned today, which is that first, there is, just like you need sleep before learning, a critical need for sleep after learning to consolidate and therefore retain that information within your brain so that you don't forget. Second, we've also learned about the type of sleep that's critical for saving those fact-based or textbook-like memories, which is deep non-REM sleep. 
And finally, we've described how this process fails and in the future could be rescued to some degree in older adults and those with dementia. But nothing I've told you today describes exactly what is going on within your brain during deep sleep that helps consolidate and strengthen those memories. In other words, what is happening inside of your brain during deep sleep that is effectively hitting the save button on those new memories? The answers are absolutely incredible. And some of them may have even been the inspiration for the movie Inception. And we're going to discuss all of those in the next episode. But for now, I will simply say thank you so much for listening and tuning in. And I'll see you in that next episode.